Well, uh, greetings, yes, from Gateway. Um, Pastor Jeremy is uh, actually preaching up in the Adelaide Hills this morning with, uh, uh, at Verdun with Dave Shepherd. so he, uh, he couldn't be here, but he does send his greetings. And we do want to thank you so much for the Argent family. They're, they've been an absolute, <laughs> absolute blessing, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure how much you appreciate us, uh, us taking them away, but... Um, yeah, they're just a, an amazing, talented and wonderful family. It was good. Uh, Lily, Lily even led us in worship uh, last week with, uh, and led some of their um, te- uh, other teenagers as well. And um, the youth kind of take over once a term. And, and uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just amazing. So really appreciate that. Um, as I said, my wife Jo here and our little, little boy Thomas making all the noise. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an associate on staff three and a half days up until the start of the year. I was, I was two days a week. Um, yeah, carpenter by trade, studying at Tabor, mostly by correspondence when I can. Um, and I was praying about what I should say during the week and yeah, what, what, what do I say, Lord? And, and part of me felt I want to share a little bit of my story, a little bit of my testimony, so you know me a little bit more. But I feel like God is saying that He's not done. He's not done with you. He's not done with your church. He's not done with our church. He's not done with the church. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a reason. He is a sovereign, awesome, amazing, powerful, wonderful God. He is just so good and he is just looking for people who are willing, willing, available for us to put our hands up and to say, Lord, where you lead, I'll follow. Where you send me, I will go. Um, And just to remind us why we've been set free. We've been set free for a reason. We've been set free for a purpose. If salvation was simply just to get us to heaven, then we would have gone there the moment we got saved. But it's not just for that because God doesn't want us to go to heaven alone but to take as many people as possible with us, to maybe to bring a part of heaven down to earth with us um, while we're still here. Salvation is not the end but it is the beginning and you are where you are now for a reason. It is not an accident. No matter what it might have seemed like to your parents, to your circumstance, to your situation, it is not accidental. God is in control. He is an awesome and powerful God. Uh, I just want to read a little bit of this story um, from Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas ended up in prison. They were in Philippi on their way to church, they were on their way to pray, and a girl was following them with the spirit um, of prophecy. It was an evil spirit. They cast the spirit out of her. She was a slave girl. The owners, her owners who were making money from her uh, her prophetic, uh, the prophetic spirit were angry and they, they got the crowd all riled up. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. The magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They were singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening in to them. 
Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All at once the prison doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. When he saw that the prison doors were opening, he drew his sword. He was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. And Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for the lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At the hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. Immediately, he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Holy Spirit, we want to thank you for your presence and your power. Lord God, we thank you for your words. Open our hearts, our ears, our eyes and our minds this morning, that we would hear what you want to say to us. Lord, we we want to be edified by your words, but we want to glorify your name. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the family. Thank you for the blessing that they are to, to the community. Lord, that they've been to us even on the other side of the city. We thank you that you do have a plan and a purpose here for Glen Osmond Baptist, Lord, that you have thought about this long before it even existed here. So God, we need you to have your way to use us. God, we're here to say we're willing, we're available, use us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, just over five years ago, I was at the end of probably three years of a really, really bad depression, a suicidal depression. I was full of anxiety. I was addicted to painkillers. I was an alcoholic. I really struggled with sleep. I struggled with hope. And I, uh, I, was, I was planning how to end my life. It is something that didn't happen. I'd struggled like most of my life with anxiety issues, particularly as an adult. But kind of over a few years, anxiety built up, struggling with work, struggling with... I was a Christian, struggling with church, struggling with certain things, but hope was a big issue. I struggled with hope. Work got ahead of me. Anxiety meant that at night time I couldn't sleep. Not sleeping meant that affected my day. The days I was tired, I was useless. And um, I ended up with a shoulder injury where... I, and, I, and I got addicted to painkillers, the only thing that I could take that would help me sleep. The painkillers would also help with my, my anxiety, and uh, before I knew it, I was, I was taking a lot every single day. Painkillers during the day, and I was drinking myself to sleep at night. I ended up with a stomach ulcer that was so bad it ruptured an artery. I woke up one morning as the artery was pumping blood into my stomach and I was vomiting, I went to the toilet, I was vomiting blood everywhere. I had so little blood in my body that I couldn't stand up. I passed out and woke up on the bathroom floor in just a pool of blood. In the meantime, the, the ulcer meant that I was pumping blood into my stomach and then that blood would come out my mouth. I managed to, Joe was at work, I managed to crawl down the other end of the house, find my phone, uh, and call an ambulance who bashed in our door and because uh, I couldn't answer it and took me, I ended up in the Royal Adelaide for a week. Every single doctor I said, I saw said, you should have died. It was a miracle that 
you survived this. April 10th, 2017, I was, I was researching and planning, Lord, I'm done, I'm done. I was, I was hoping that that ulcer would get me or something else because that was a coward's way out. It was easier to end it. I was in such a deep, dark hopelessness of depression. I could not see, I could not see a way out of it. I didn't know how I would get through the whole time thinking, knowing that God was real, but thinking, why would he have created me for this? Maybe it's not so real. One, that night, my mum tried calling. She tried calling about 50 times because I never answered my phone. Eventually, I answered it. She lived in Sydney and she was telling me about a place called uh, 180TC, which was a young men's rehab that's connected to Teen Challenge in Sydney and and I made that decision, I thought, before I end my life, I at least got to try something. And I did, I tried that. It, the hard part about making the decision to go to rehab is this picture that I had in my mind. I thought, I'm going to go to a place where, you know, people are stumbling around, heroin junkies stumbling around with needles in their arms and, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure... The amazing thing is when I got there, it was a place at the foothills of the Blue Mountains and it was kind of like, you know, an old Salvation Army uh, uh, like holiday camp place with cabins and bunks. So there was 40 beds at this place and I got there and what I found was that there were 40 other guys just like me. The picture that I had in my mind was nothing like what had happened, uh, was nothing like the reality when I got there. Anyway, over, I stayed there for 12 months, I did this program, and God completely changed my mind. But this story of Paul and Silas coming out of prison was how God spoke to me through it all. Everything changed. God turned my whole world upside down. The first thing that happened was that he renewed my mind. Something happens when we get around people who have the same mindset. Paul and Silas were on their way to church or on their way to a place of prayer when they cast the demon out of this girl. They end up getting flogged. They end up getting locked in the prison in the deepest, darkest cell. They end up getting their foots locked in stock, their feet locked in stock, and the jailers guarding them all the time. What happens? What do you do when you're doing all the right things and you still end up in these horrible positions, in this place where you think, God, I'm doing everything right. Why does everything in my life seem to be going wrong? God is saying we need to renew our mind. Paul wrote to the church in Rome. He said to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All change, all transformation begins on the inside and that's what God had to do with me to change the way I thought about myself to change the way I thought about him. I remember praying one day, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I've, I know how many mistakes I've made. I know how much I've screwed up. I know I'm in a mess. God, if you could use me for anything, I'll take it. I'll take it. And God said, Joel, I never, ever gave up on you. It was you who gave up on yourself. It was you who gave up on me. I think in this story that the enemy might have had a chance. When they beat Paul and Silas and threw them in the cell together, he might have had a chance if he'd put them in separate cells. But the mistake that he made was putting them both in the same cell. 
Because when one person was feeling down, when one person was feeling sick, when one person was feeling like giving up, the other person could have put their hand on the shoulder and said, brother, and prayed for you. I remember when I was in this place, this rehab, suddenly I found people understood what I was going through. In the deepest, darkest place of this depression, I never wanted to be around anyone. I could put on a smile around people. I could pretend that everything was well because there were, you could not help me. I could tell you about my pain. I could tell you about my situation. I felt like all I was going to do was be sucking you into my issues. And so all I wanted to do was go by myself, be, be alone. And that's, that's one of the enemy's greatest tools is he wants to isolate us. He wants to pick us off because it's when we're alone, that's when he can do the most damage. See, the enemy made a mistake by putting both Paul and Silas in prison together because it meant that when one was having doubts, the other could pray for him and lift each other up. And when I was in that place, when I got to that rehab, suddenly it wasn't just me thinking about my situation. I had people next to me that could see a gift and a call on my life who would say, stop believing the lies of the enemy and could speak some life into me. And this place, I met some of the most talented and gifted people you'd ever seen in your life. Like these people, there were some men in there who had the call of God in their life to do great things. It was no reason that the enemy was trying to get into their heads. The enemy was trying to pick them off. The enemy doesn't waste his time trying to mess with people if they're not doing damage to his kingdom, unless he sees the call of God on them. When the enemy sees that you have a gift, that you have a plan, that God wants to use you to damage his kingdom, he wants to get in and do, make as much destruction as he can. One of the best things that we can do is be around someone who has the mind, who can pick us up when we're falling down, is the importance of community. Having the right mind is important. Paul was in Philippi, he would later, 10 years later, he would write a letter to the church there, to the Philippians, begging them to have the same mind. He said, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being of the same spirit and of one mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourself. He said, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, who being by his very nature was God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. But that wasn't the end. God said, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. He gave him a name that was above every other name. And by the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the, that is the God. And this is Paul writing this, that transformation begins in the mind. And when we can come together as a community like this, nothing can stop us other than ourselves, our own minds. And so although Paul and Silas end up flogged and end up in this prison, they were on their way to church. The community turned against them. They said, church has got to be more than just the four walls. And they began, the Bible says at midnight, they began saying, uh, praying and singing hymns. 
It's that we don't need to go to a building to have church. That church is the people. It doesn't matter where we are. We can pray. We can sing to God. Because God doesn't need us to be in this place to worship Him. To praise Him. To tell Him how good He is. It doesn't matter what our situation looks like. It doesn't matter how we feel. How restricted we are. That is why Paul could say, you could lock, my, lock me up, you could hold, hold down my arms, you could do whatever you want to me. I know that my salvation is secure in God, Christ Jesus. That even if I died, it would be gain for me. For me, being around people who understood my mind was the start of something, the transformation could finally begin. The other thing was I found a purpose. Beginning to understand that God, I wasn't there by accident. In fact, there are times now I can look back because some of the people that I met along the way, some of the things I learned through the toughest time, through the most destructive time, through some of the most painful experiences, as some of the most wonderful and marvellous things. I look back now and I thank God for the people that I've met along the way. Sometimes I can thank God for the depression that I went through. I can thank God for the addiction that I went through. I can thank God for the horrible times. Not just thank Him in the horrible times, but for the horrible times because He took me to a place where I met people I never would have met where I got to do things I never would have done and see things I never would have seen if it wasn't for the bad times. When Paul and Silas were, were praying and singing hymns, God's presence could not resist but come down and shake the prison doors open. The interesting thing is, it was the other prisoners who were listening in, who could hear them praying, who could hear them singing, that when the other prisoners, their doors flew open too, They didn't even want to leave because they thought Paul and Silas had something that is more exciting than my physical freedom. There was something about being free on the inside that, again, it didn't matter if their arms were held back. It didn't matter if their feet were locked in stocks. It didn't matter if they were in the deepest cell. It didn't matter if the guards were around because they had a freedom in Jesus, a freedom that only our God could give, a freedom only Jesus could give. And the, the rest of the prisoners... They wanted that freedom too. There was something in Paul and Silas that was so attractive, they risked being locked up again. Our purpose is for others. When you're taking it somewhere painful, when you're taking somewhere that doesn't seem like the plans that you had for your life, you do meet people that you wouldn't have otherwise met. You learn things that you wouldn't have otherwise learnt. When I got back to Adelaide, I, got, I get to share my story about how God saved me from, from the deepest, darkest place. How he saved me, how he set me free from depression. He set me free from anxiety. He set me free from addiction. How God is a God who still sets people free. We look and we read these stories in the Bible and they're stories about what God has done, but they're also stories about what God does, present tense. 
He's not a God who did all these miracles. He's a God who does miracles. He's not a God who saved. He is a God who saves. He is not a God who set people free. He is a God who sets people free. He is still alive. He is still just as powerful today as he was back then. And that's what God wants to do for us. He's looking for people who are interested. He's looking for people who are available and say, if you want to see change in your place, if we want to see change in our city, then we need to make sure we're willing to pay the price and to, and to, and to give up what we want in our lives and say, God, I didn't want to end up in this prison cell, but because I'm here, maybe there's someone around who I might meet, who I might be able to share Jesus with, who I never would have been able to share Jesus with before. Paul and Silas, their first choice was not to go into the prison to share Jesus with those people, the other prisoners. But because their past took them there, because God brought them there, they were able to do that. They were able to save the, the life of a jailer and his family. God lets us go to places we would, never would have chosen to go so we'll meet people we would never have normally met. It is not about us, church. Who else is around? David said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for I know my God is there. And his rod, his staff, it comforts me. I love that God's staff comforted him. I had this picture before then of a God who had a staff who was just waiting to punish us with it. But God uses that staff to bring us comfort. He would bash our enemies away before he would touch us. The other thing I found was that the people who really, really got set free from their addictions, from depressions, from mental health issues were the people who found what they were truly passionate about. God places within us interests. He places within us uh, desires and things, gifts, abilities. He's put them deep down within us. And it's easy just to put it aside and to not use it and not worry about it. But when you find your purpose, what you were truly born to do, when you find that God has created you to fulfill your passion, you end up in that will, then again, nothing can stop us. The people who were truly transformed, who were truly set free, were the people who had found where their passion meets their purpose. They find their calling to have something that is far better than any feeling that any substance will ever give them. God is such a good God. He is the God of restoration. He is the God of redemption. But He doesn't just want to restore us or redeem us back to where we were. He wants to restore us to a place we have never been before. He wants, to, he wants us to, to walk to a place where we, never even, we hadn't even imagined before. He's got things, he's got gifts, he's got callings, he's got plans, he's got these things and he's looking for people who would put our hands up and say, Lord, I am willing, I am available, I am willing, I am available, I am willing. He wants to restore us better than what was before. bringing us to a place that we cannot imagine. I've been able to see how the power of God is still available, how there is no better place than being inside the will and the calling of God. 
I've been able to see that the love of Jesus can reach the deepest, darkest places. Going from that place, I look back now and I can't even imagine what it was like to be in that place where I would give up this life that is here, where I'd give up being a father to this little tacker here. We are blessed, church. We truly are. We are truly blessed by an awesome, by a great and amazing God. And your church here is a blessing to your community. You've been a blessing to me. You've been a blessing to us. No matter what is going on, God is not done. He is a God who wants to restore. He wants to build. Again, this is His church. He wants to build His church. Looking for people who are available, people who are willing, people who will stick it out in the long haul. He's looking for people who will say, this is not where we thought we would be right now, but we're going to trust that God knows best, that God's got a plan, that He's got a reason for us being where we are right now. Believe that you're looking for a pastor at the moment. I want to continue to pray that the right pastor will come along, that this church, the community will know that you'll be able to um, be able to be a bridge to your community, not a barrier. That you'll be able to be a blessing to your community and not a barrier, not something that is getting in the way. That your community will be just extremely grateful that you are here because of the love of Jesus flowing from this place. That is a little bit about who I am. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've been blessed with good family around, a wife who stuck with me through some of the worst times, stuck through that addiction, stuck through, and she's still sticking through my stupidity sometimes, my issues, my, um, the times when I'm a horrible husband, a horrible dad, and all the rest of it. But God has brought us together for a reason. He's a good God. He has good gifts. He loves his children. He loves his church. And he loves Glen Osmond Baptist Church. Once again, I just want to thank you for having me here. And um, I will just close in prayer and we can continue to sing and to worship God. Holy Spirit, again, we thank you for your presence. We trust and we believe that you're a good God. Sometimes our emotion might disagree, but we don't run on emotions, Lord. We, we don't stand on our emotions, we stand on your word. We stand on your record that you have always been good, that you are a God of restoration, that you are a God who's got a plan, who's got a purpose, Lord, that as long as we have breath in our bodies, that you want to use us, that you have a reason. God, I thank you. want to thank you for Glen Osmond Baptist Church. I pray many blessings upon this church. Lord, that you'd be preparing it for the right pastors to come along. You'd be preparing the pastors for when they arrive. Lord, I thank you for the leadership, for the people who serve here. Lord, people who would give up their time, their energy. Lord, I thank you for the children and the life that is here in this place. No, plenty of churches who would love to have children's ministry with the kids that are here right now. God, I thank you for the blessing that you have been to Glen Osmond, the blessing that they are to our community to the Christian community. And God, I pray that you continue to do a good work and an amazing work. And God, that you would be glorified through everything. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you, everyone.